Okay, well, uh, we're here for our third podcast, and I'm super excited about this one. Um, Steve Rich is a, a good friend of mine. We met through business, and it's been a awesome uh, journey. I've watched him grow his business over the last few years, and he's watched me grow mine as well and assisted in, in helping grow mine, which um, he's been a, a great friend and great resource that way. So we're going to start with talking about um, your business, and then um, this is actually a treat. We'll probably make this a second episode, but he's also a, a marketing expert. So we're going to talk to him about some of his thoughts and ideas with marketing that I think will be really powerful. So, so why don't you just start by telling us your business, um, what the basics are of what you do and what you provide? Yeah, no, thanks. And thanks for being here. It's, it's awesome. I mean, uh, you're the go-to guy when I talk about how to get things sell sells out there or need somebody that needs to figure out how to sell something that's a little bit different or a little bit off. And so I appreciate being a part of what you've got going too. Um, so I got started kind of in marketing. Um, I grew up like, I think a lot of people do. I grew up early working. I started working in grocery stores when I was 14 years old. Today, none of that would be legal, but, <laughs> but, uh, um, driving forklifts and everything back at that age, I would go in every morning at 4 a.m. and receive trucks before school. And That's awesome. Anyway, by the time I was uh, a senior in high school, I was a store manager. And it was a little bit funny because I was a teenager still. And <laughs> yeah. So up on the wall, they'd have the manager's pictures, and most of these guys were married men or women or older, and there's my cheesy little, you know, uh, 17, 18-year-old face up there as manager. But um, it was really cool because it taught me a lot about business, and it was an independent grocer, so it taught me, okay, everything you do has got to be designed to have a little bit of marketing behind it, right? A little bit of letting people know what you offer, letting people know, um, you know, the good things, the 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 things you provide, as well as um, as how to how to pull people in, how to uh, you know meet their needs. Um, and it was a little bit open where I didn't have to follow a format. Uh, if it was a chain store, it probably had just rules all the way down. Here I had a little bit of openness, which which gave you op- the opportunity to try new things. Because it was a like small grocer? Yeah, that yeah, yeah, small local grocer. I think they had four or five stores at the time, but but local grocer and, yeah, independent. And, you know, and so they kind of, the owners would kind of go to you and say, well, how can we how can we get more business? And they're asking that 14, 15, 16, 17 year old who's <laughs> there, this, you know, and which I give them a lot of credit for because a lot of times people wouldn't listen to them, but but they would listen and then they would tell you which parts you can implement, right? Because I'm sure there was some crazy ideas that they didn't want implemented. But anyway, it was it was great experience. And so I did that for, for a while, even up till uh, when I went to college, I was, people had heard about different things I'd accomplish in, in growing store sales, so I had several different other grocery stores asking me to, to while well, I was going to college, to come and help them, or even several wanted me to quit college and run their store for them. And so I played around <laughs> with that, and kind of it took me a little bit longer getting through school because I caved a few times and took a semester off and and you know worked in a store to get it get it up to par, up to its, the sales up to where they needed to be. And then after I graduated from that, I worked for I decided to go to work for a broker, but it happened to be a food broker, so I never got out of that food business that way. But my job was to call on these national chains, and I worked for people like Gatorade or Velocic Pickles or you name all these different products, and I was in charge of their marketing for our region, for our area. So any of the 
large grocery chains, I would call on them and, and work out, okay, how we can sell more product. And, and I learned a lot that way, and, and it, was, it was great. Um, it was a, a different world at the time um, than it is today by far. Um, it was from everything to back then people could smoke in the buildings. I still remember <laughs> we, uh, we would have meetings all day Friday, and by maybe 10.30 or 11 a.m., there was just so much smoke because most people smoked in there. And it was just a whole different atmosphere and the way they treated things and how they pitched things and how they marketed things. But my main client that they had signed me to was Associated uh, Food Stores. And Associated Food Stores uh, was a couple billion dollar a year company that had roughly around 650 stores in eight states. And my job was to work closely with them. and. After working with them fairly closely for six, eight months as a broker, um, they came to me and, and asked me to, to consider coming to work for them, and, uh, which I was honored. Um, they, don't, they didn't do that much. They always hired from within. And, and so I was pretty young, and I decided to make that change. And I moved over and started working with them. And the first thing they did is they gave me some of these little tiny mom and pops that were like uh, gas station grocery stores. In you know, there was about 70 of them and, and throughout southern Utah, Idaho, Colorado. And they said, okay, here's your job, Steve. you got to lift their sales. you got to lift their profits. And they kind of in a very low voice, and they don't have any money. And <laughs> go get them, and you'll be judged <laughs> from the results, you know. And uh, which was such a, it was honestly a great opportunity. And, and I was young enough in my mind that I wasn't stuck in any routine or any way of doing things. And so I just went for it. And... My history of going up working for independence and that was, okay, you figured out a way to get it done no matter what. And um, so we figured out a lot of no-cost, low-cost types of marketing. We did a lot of themes. We did events. And, you know, sometimes if it was a big city thing, it wouldn't have worked as well. But in a small town, when you have, you know, a 50s cell and you have an Elvis lookalike contest and you have hula hoop contests and things like that, half the town come out and they stay all day, right? <laughs> yeah. And they make it and it makes it fun and, and people remember it. And I just really saw that making that emotional connection was more important than having little facts of, hey, we'll save you two cents here or whatever. And so as we did these with these stores, they they really got behind it and they saw such great growth right off the bat. And that first year I was there working with them was a down year for everybody in the economy. It was, uh, the big stores were just trying their hardest to try to break even with prior year. And, and it was, um, yeah, a rough year financially, except for these little independents because of the new efforts we'd made, all their business had grown. We had an average increase of about 32%. And that's an average. So, you know, there's some that was way up, um, further than that. And so they finished the year with that. And so it was kind of neat to see these smaller guys, you know, really, really taken off. And they were just, I mean, they were all, they were happy with what had come. They, uh, you know, really enjoyed the, the process. Word got out within Associated to the bigger stores because they kind of grouped them in size. And so the big stores were like, wait a minute, who's this guy and how's he helping these guys make that kind of money? <laughs> and first of all, why isn't he working with us, you know? Yeah. And so it's kind of a neat feeling to have because I started having the different groups, different size groups were kind of, battling or positioning to try to see if they could get me to be their marketing coordinator, their marketing uh, director. And 
at the time we had some changes associated food stores, although it had been around 60, time, 60 years at that time, 60, 65, it had gone through, we were on the third CEO is all in that amount of time. Wow. And uh, the CEO had only been CEO for a few years. And uh, he came down and spoke to me and said, hey, I'm shaking things up. And he liked, he gave me a bunch of comments about liked the way I do things. He says, but uh, you're my new vice president of marketing. And I, again, I was like 23 and I was like scared to death. We were a $2.5 billion company and with, you know, thousands of employees. And all of a sudden he made me jump over several of my supervisors to be a vice president. And so I really had to think and dig deep and say, okay, how can I win at this? How can I make these stores money with, in my estimation at the time, limited knowledge? But really it was more attitude and and the idea of, hey, let's figure it out, that got me past that, got me through that and got helped me go. Cause, what happens is when you're dealing with that many independent business owners, you have, you know, you have almost that many different opinions on how you should do things, but you got people that, that, Hey, my way works or my way works. And you're having to accommodate more than, you know, more than one of those. You have to figure out, okay, what's the right path to go down. And with these guys, if it was a chain store, I could have just said, okay, here's the way we're going and away we go. And here's the law. Everybody jumps in line, but obviously yeah. with independence, they're, they've got to say so. You know, they, they own their own little store, whether or not they have training or not. And so anything move I had to make, I had to research it, and then I had to basically sell it or present it to them and say, here's what we're going to do and here's why. Here's what we plan to get out of it. Now, if I was right, it was because they were good implementers. If I was wrong, it would cost me my job, right? Yeah. <laughs> hey, he's a terrible marketer. Get him out of here. And uh, luckily, I was right way more often than than ever wrong, and so we were able to really grow that company. And it was so neat to see how over the years how we kept doing things that were 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 building that company. And our CEO was just a great man, and he was doing things on the the uh, financial level where let our company grow. At the time when I first started working with them, I felt like we were ten years behind all of our competition. I really did. I felt like we were. We were dragging, we were the last ones to get the new locations. We were the last ones to try anything new. And real quick over time, you know, it took us several years there, but but pretty soon we were the leaders. We were the ones in the market that people were looking at as, okay, what's the new innovative part? Any new uh, property came open, we were the first ones that got called by any kind of developer because they knew that we had programs and, and people in place to, to make things work. And it was just so neat to see that growth and to be a part of that and um, and, and just experience when an independent guy has got everything into it, hell, his, his, his family's labor, his family's mm-hmm. money, and working hard, and then to see them come out and succeed was, was incredible. Yeah. And I was able to help uh, one individual in particular. Um, he started out with a, a medium to small store and worked closely with him. And... And, and I saw him, as I was working with him over time, he got to the point where we built him a new store, and it was a full-blown big store. And he did so well that we, we were able to build him another one, right? And then we were able to buy an existing store and change it for him. And, and you know, and working through those times with him, and, and we also had programs to teach his kids how to lead so that when they it was their time to take over, they were ready to go. 
this particular individual ended up getting ALS and and came to me. I was one of the first ones he told that he had it. And he actually tried to give me a whole bunch of money and said, Steve, you made me a millionaire, which taking care of my family now that I know that I'm not going to be here much longer. And obviously I didn't take his money because that was my job and that's what I love doing. And But it was so neat to see that as he did pass away within like eight months of that, his kids were right ready to go to step up. They were trained. They were leaders. They It wasn't just dad gave me the business now what do I do with it mess they had they had disciplines in place and so that organization continues to grow today uh, because of the the people in place those are some of the best parts about doing it one of the things that I really loved is learning about being a number two and you've heard me talk about that many times is our CEO was very I mean he got to be very well known because as our company was growing and taking uh, a lot of people knew who he was way more than anybody knew who I was but besides that, I still thought, as I'm a number two, if I'm his executive vice president, when we'd go meet with Procter & Gamble, we'd go meet with Kraft Foods, um, I'd always try to go in 10 to 15 minutes before our CEO did. And I'd always, you know, um, he, he and I had a great relationship. We'd just joke back and forth. But when he wasn't there joking with me, when I went in ahead of him, I would be extra respectful. I'd always, hey, can we make sure that we got a pad of paper for Mr. Parkinson, could we get water? Okay, he'll be in here soon. And then I try to tell a story about something he accomplished with something about how we we were able to work with the feds and create a Class C stock, which no co-op independent had been able to do before. Um, some of the other fin- big financial moves that he was able to make, how we were able to, to um, buy out some competitors. Anyway, I tell these stories. So as he walked into the room, even though he was known way better than me, because I was telling these stories and building up respectful he was a hero almost as he walked in they might have never even heard of him before but he walked in as this hero and so he'd get more respect he'd get more attention even and when you get more attention from Procter and Gamble or Kraft that means more money coming to our mm-hmm. market uh, more more events more more programs more marketing and it was neat to see that and I really was able to see him you know see my role as being a, a good number two Part of that, too, was understanding that being a number two to somebody meant that when he would even talk to our employees, he would roll out a new program. He would, like, put it down, and then there would always be kind of the meetings after the meeting, right, where mm-hmm. people would grab you in the hallway or say, hey, do you really think that's best for us or what's the <laughs> thing? And what I really liked about this CEO is is he, he always left his ego on the shelf, and he would tell us first what these plans are, where to go, but he'd want us to basically debate them with him. Or if we disagreed, go ahead and bring it up. And he didn't want any yes men. In fact, we were at one meeting where there were some new people on our executive staff, and he said, before we get started about this issue, I just want to know how everybody feels. And the two new guys kind of tried to be yes men. They tried to say what they thought he wanted them to say. Yeah. And he was great. He just said, okay, thank you. Can you guys, you guys can go back to your departments of work because I already got that opinion covered. Now, the rest of you guys that disagree with me, this is perfect. I want to, to debate because we've got to decide what's best for these employees. Yeah. And I don't know if my idea is the best or not. I feel like it is, but I want to hear what, That's you know, awesome. and he was that type of leader. Um, but So, I mean, yeah. from, from my standpoint, watching you over the years, yeah, that is, I mean, you've taught that to me a hundred yeah. times and everybody we know. And you've been that for me on multiple occasions. You, yeah. you know, shouted me out in different meetings or different networking groups that we've been yeah. to together. And it always feels really good. And yeah. so, 
I think when you're a big company like Associated Foods, yeah. you know, you need your vice president to be your number two. But when yeah. you're small, you know, having friends in the community that you've yeah. established relationships with that can brag about you and, yeah. you know, that's, that's a powerful concept. It really is. And so many times we think because the guy's the owner that he's already got all the attention or the credibility he needs, we forget that even though this guy's better known than us or whatever, if we're working with them or for them, one of the best things we can do, even if they've never heard of us before, is to talk about our experience of working with them and give them credibility. Yeah. And it could be somebody that's very well known, but still somebody working for them that that says, hey, no, I love working for him and here's why, bam, bam, bam. All that is so much more believable yeah. than anything else that comes across. So Well, and it's really hard to do that to yourself. You yeah. come across as arrogant. Yeah. And so you don't you just don't say anything. Right. So to have that number two is a great yeah. that's a great tool. There's so many times where, you know, you you, you you'll kinda of look out there and you kinda of wish, Hey, I would like to help that guy, but if I just butt in right here, I'm gonna come across as cocky or I'm gonna come across as a know it all. <laughs> you know, and you kinda of wish somebody yeah. would say, Hey, you know what, Steve's had some great experience with that. Hey, Steve, do you got some good advice for it? You know, or just exactly. a lead in like that yeah. where it won't come across as, hey, I'm I'm trying to take over your business or I'm trying to tell you what to do or anything. Right. But <laughs> here's some ideas, you know. But, yeah. That's cool. So what then made the transition to become, your company's name is R Marketing. Yeah. R Marketing Department, actually, is the yep. full name. And so what, maybe talk a little bit about what you do, but maybe before sure. that, how did you... Yeah. Clearly, you had some skill in marketing. You were able to develop that skill and try things out at Associated Foods. Yeah. And so... So because of my role, I always felt that urge to continue learning, right? So whatever it was, I mean, they they put me in charge of our printing presses because they said that has to do with marketing. So I, did a, I didn't want to just be the leader that didn't know anything. I wanted to... Yeah. So I would grab books. I'd grab, you know, watch videos. I'd see, hey, I need to understand this if I'm going to help these guys or help lead this or help move this. And so as I was doing that, I did, and I was vice president there for 21 years and the spokesperson and all that. And I got to the point where, where I loved it. I mean, it was great, but I kind of, I kept doing that. I'd, I'd done that. In fact, you know, some of the, I, I mean, here's my little bit of uh, bragging, but it wasn't me. It was our team and everything <laughs> is it was so cool. So the last three years I was there, the national grocers association would have these marketing ad awards and they would put them in the whole country. Well, it was U.S., Canada, so Northern America. And any ads, and then they would have categories. Like this would be the best ad having to do with produce, or mm-hmm. the best ad that has to do with case lot sale, or the best yeah. ad that has to do with a certain holiday in the country for the year. And they had 41 categories in there. And um, so it was so cool. I mean, just, I mean, I can tell you the different years, but the last three years were, and and up to that point, they'd had hardly any, I mean, there's so many grocery chain stuff. Yeah. It, was, it wasn't like somebody would ever win more than one category. Be, yeah. But the last three years, because they're independent judges, they don't know what you won. My team, we won 11, then 12, then 14 of the 41. Oh, Those wow. last three years are there in the country. You know, That's the awesome. best ads. Now, the thing that I'm so proud about is those aren't just clever, right? I mean, sometimes people win an ad because, wow, that's just a clever, funny thing or whatever. You had to be clever, but also you had to show results. What what were the dollars made from that ad? What yeah. were the difference? How did that grow? And so you'd have to report that too. Mm-hmm. And so so to me, I'm most proud of that because not only were they fun, were they clever, were they grabbed the eyes, they worked. Yeah. <laughs> they made the money, you know. Right. And Moved and, the needle. Yeah, but I did, 
I, I don't want to say I was bored or tired of it because it still was a lot of fun and dealing with independence every day was a challenge because there'd be new stuff but I got to the point where I thought you know I kind of want to do more than just groceries and I'd kind of been thinking about it for the last couple of years but I saw an opportunity as our company was buying another chain and we'd recently just bought Albertsons and and um, I thought okay right now we're going to pull these people together then obviously like any company you're going to have to say okay We've got lots of duplication. We've got to let some people go and get this down so it runs right. And so I thought, I know when I leave here, I want to leave with as good a reputation as I can. A lot of times when you leave, even if it's by your own choice, people are mad at you for leaving, right? Yeah. So I had to say, okay, here's probably my very best time to have less people mad at me and let them know that I want to go. But I basically pitch it to them as a money savings. Hey, you know, instead of letting these two guys go on these billions... This guy could take half my job. This guy could take half. We could pull this together. You don't have to pay me severance because I'm leaving on my own accord. And we're going. And I basically pitched it to him and told them that. And, and you know, and decided to leave. And um, once that was accepted and I knew I was leaving, I wanted to finish as strong as I could. So I didn't want to start working on my what I'm going to do after right. until I'd left. And yeah. luckily, I'd made enough money that I could keep that. I didn't have... I mean, I, I knew I could take a year off or whatever right. and, you know, um, and not work if I needed to um, while I figured it out or whatever. So I kept that right up. And so I, I waited to tell a lot of the other companies we were working with that I was leaving until almost like the last week. And then as I let people know, um, it was funny. So some of these people that I'd sat on boards with, you know, and, yeah. and, you know, credit union over here or this other company over here, they were like, oh, my gosh, Steve, um, you got to come work with us. You got to come do some of this, and and so they were offering me money and stuff to come work with them on little projects, which was a great feeling to be wanted by that. But but I was like, oh, and so I remember the last day before they said, you got to start working with us tomorrow. This was a credit union that was pushing me the hardest, and uh, and I said, I don't even have a name for my company, and they said, that's okay. We'll just tell everybody that you're our marketing department. And I thought, well, you know what? My last name starts with R. Okay. Our marketing department, that's it, that's the name, we'll go. That's a and it's just, so just with a day in between. And, and so that's kind of how that happened. And it worked out great because we want, one of the things that we do is we love, if we're working with a client, we really think our whole job is to shout their lane, not ours, theirs. Right. So if they have an event, we want to our whole staff be there, maybe their T-shirts or their things we want to be supporting. And we don't want people to say, hey, this is a company we hired. We want them to say, it's our marketing department. Right. They're not lying. It is our market, but but we work for them, right? Yeah. We want to be their team. We want it's a great to be way their... to be that shadow yeah, yeah. player that's huge impact. So that's kind of how that started. But yeah, so that was actually 2011 that, that I left okay. there and started that. Um, again, I was going to take more time off, but but got pushed and I jumped in and started helping these other <laughs> businesses. Busy ever yeah. Since. Yep. Have so. So how? Uh, tell me a little bit more about the business. What? How many employees do you have? So right now we have uh, 11 employees, um, we, uh, um, but only four of those are um, full-time. Okay. Um, we have the rest of them are work-from-home uh, people that do social media, designers, yeah. and, and come up with creativity and stuff like that. And uh, so it works out really well. We, uh, um, social media, we don't push that a whole lot uh, to our clients. Um, we think we got a better strategy for doing social media. And so anybody we work with, we'd like to share that strategy. 
But if they've got people in-house that can do it, that's just fine. We'll teach them the strategy. Yeah. But if they don't, then we've got people in place that can do it for them. Um, but um, we're not necessarily setting ourselves up to be a social media house or anything like that. We, Like I said, I, I feel like we do it better than anybody else, and we have things in place that make it. But, but again, we want to provide the strategy of how to do it, not necessarily just do it for everybody. I mean, we're willing, but... Yeah. But if you've got your own internal people, then that might be better to yeah. have them do it. And correct me if I'm wrong, that's kind of a strategy you've taken on the last few years anyway, because I've noticed yeah. you've done a lot of classes and courses and yeah. boot camps, and yeah. I've attended some of those, and they're phenomenal. Yeah. So you've kind of moved into that. Is that just because you wanted to help more people than you could take in? Or Yeah, and it, it's funny is the classes, after we do the class, I mean, we love probably... My greatest love is teaching the people the things yeah. and then watching them see how that happened, yeah. how it comes to fruition and, and the money made. But as we did that, we had, we've had a lot of people say, man, thank you, Steve, for teaching me, but now will you do it for me? Because yeah. that is not where my love is, and I want to run my business over here, yeah. but I'd love for you to do that. And so we kind of said, okay, we've got to have this arm that can do that for people, right? That can be yeah. meet with them and, and implement it because... Because I always believe that you should go with wherever your strength is. You should, yeah. whatever your love is, whether that, that's where you'll be the best fit for your your business and try to, trying to do things that you don't care for or you don't like. And uh, so, yeah, so that's kind of where that started. Now we, we do that for a bunch of companies and, cool. you know, um, help them every month with the strategy, what's going to happen, where yeah. we're going. And, yeah, love that. That's that's the neat thing because then you're over, over time being able to measure yeah. You know, over years, you're able to pick, hey, here are the best weeks to do this, here's the best weeks to do that, right. all that. You really do become an expert just yeah. from time, from yep. experiencing what happens. Yeah. So that's cool. So what, I, you know, you talked a little bit about what motivated you to do it uh, yeah. with the experience, but what motivates you to keep, you're, what, 11 years now? Yeah. What motivates you to keep going, to keep doing it? You know, um, like any independent business, I would love to say that every minute of it has been financially wonderful. Like any <laughs> any independent business out there, there's sometimes where the economy goes, and you're like, okay, am I? Do I have enough income coming? Do I have all that? And I gotta I I gotta say that hasn't. I thought that was gonna be my number one worry. Mm-hmm. Um, it hasn't as much because there's usually something we can do to create that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something we can do to create the business, but. Like anything else, I, I think my joy has been in teaching people, but then coming back and saying, okay, now how do we implement it so that we can help more people? And that doesn't happen on a, it, it happens in steps, right? Yeah. You get this, you get this phase down, you stay here, and then you get to the point where you can do that again, but right. but only a little bit. And so, I don't know, that's kind of been the, the flow of what we've done. Um, and then there's things that, that, like anybody else, you fall into. So I'll tell you one of the, the um, misleading things that I fell into is as we kept going and got bigger, you know, you see what other marketing agencies who are totally different than us and how they perform. Yeah. You see what they're doing, and then you have people to ask you to do it. And so sometimes you think, okay, yeah, I'll do that, not realizing that that takes you off of your focus, not that it takes yeah. you away from where you want to be, what you want to do out there. Right. Because you think you're helping them, but in really out reality, you go from being an expert um, and a strategist to being the worker who gets it done. Right. And that's okay if that's what you want to do, 
but a lot of times that takes you out of being the expert mode. Right. So then all of a sudden you go down this road a little ways and you realize, okay, I'm taking direction from this owner of this little business who I know is that what he's taking is, is probably not right, but he is convinced and I'm right. doing it anyway. In the long run, am I really helping him? You know, right. am I, or am I hurting? Cause I'm, I'm not, I'm just saying, okay, yeah, we'll do it your way. We'll do it. Right. Would I be better to say, you know what, you can keep doing it that way, but I believe it's wrong. And if you're going to keep doing it, you need to have somebody else do it for you. Yeah. But here's, here's what works. And so there's times where we've had to double check ourselves and come back and say, Hey, yeah. you know, we said we were going to do that, but, but that's, that's really not who we are. That's not our specialty. That's not. And if we do it, we're going to not do as good a job. And we don't believe that's your right direction. Anyway. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That is challenging in marketing because a lot yeah. of times people, they have an idea of what they want. Yeah. It's not necessarily a good one. Yeah. <laughs> it's just an idea. And, and it is funny because it's, you know, when you're in marketing and, and you've done all the classes, you've studied, you've gone to all those things, and you know how much learning is involved, I don't know if we're uh, we're lying to ourselves or what, but we think of ourselves, okay, we're, we're trained, we're knowledge. If, if it was... If this was a medical thing, I'd be considered a doctor at this point, right? <laughs> and then, then you have, you think, well, you know, I wouldn't go in and tell the surgeon how to do things. Right. However, I all the time will have people that have zero experience or, you know, somebody that's a young kid or whatever say, oh, no, I'll tell you what works in marketing because I know what made me buy my iPod or whatever, you know? Right. And so there's so many people that feel like they're experts because right. they feel like it's an opinion thing. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and so you always run into that back and forth, and you kind of think, I I think everybody should go with their gut, but I also think you should listen to people that have had different Years experiences. Years of experience. Right, yeah. <laughs> and do this every day. Yeah. And see what actually works. Right. And things like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's... So... Um, you touched a little bit on this with the financial ups and downs. Yeah. Have you made more money or less money being self-employed versus being an executive vice president? So here was the funny, I mean, this is funny part. I don't think I've ever talked about this before, but um, so when I first started out, because so many people wanted me, my advice, I actually increased my income when I first left Associated. Yeah. But as time went on, I wasn't pushing it at all. And as time went on and, and you know, just through people, different businesses, change orders and stuff sure. like that, that started to go down. So then I had to start looking and saying, okay, where does our income come from? And I, that's where I, I did make some mistakes. I, I took little things I thought we could make money at that really it was it was too little to, to add up, right? Mm -hmm. And too much labor. Right. And so I made several of those mistakes where all of a sudden I'm like, oh, okay, it's going to be tight this month <laughs> paying everybody off. It's yeah. going to be tough, you know? And uh, to to making a switch to changing that over time to yeah today I'm I'm making uh, way more money than I ever made at associated yeah but it it again it how many years did that take once the initial drop started happening and um, I wish I was smarter than this but it almost took ten years yeah to get to there yeah yeah I. Uh, I would say that that's probably yeah. more normal than we yeah. both realize. But, right. Because the more I talk to business owners, I'm like, yeah. this was not an overnight success. Overnight success over 10 years. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. So. Yeah. And like anything else, you you, you make wrong changes, you make wrong yeah. changes, and you come back and and do it. But yeah. Well, you always have to adjust and yeah. you know, pivot when you need to and make right. changes and adjustments. So, Okay, so what's been the hardest thing and the best thing 
in your 11 years in business? Um, the hardest thing for me, and it's different, and I don't know why this is hardest for me, I truly don't, is the difference between delegating when I was at corporate and a, and delegating when I'm the owner. Oh. I had no idea that that'd be different. Yeah. Um, I was fairly good at delegating in the corporate and in being an owner, I don't know why, but I, I have a harder time putting stuff on people where I feel like, boy, that's going to be tough for them to complete. Maybe I should just do it on Saturday, you know? <laughs> and, and I don't know why that, I mean, I keep, I've always asked I have myself, it too. but, but, you know, and little things that I know that I shouldn't be spending my time on, that I should, these people I've hired that are great, if I just would give it to them, they might, they might mess it up the very first time, but guess what? They'd learn from that the second, third time, they'd probably do it better than I did it. Right, know? right. But, but I've had a hard time putting everything over there. Do you think that's because there was a built-in hierarchy when you worked for Associated? Like it was a corporate, there were, you know, it, they were employees. They, yeah. That and hierarchy was already there. Maybe that's it. You have to it. create it. Yeah, maybe that's it. Is hey, you got to live up to their standard. You got to live up to their standards. I'm just supervising. Right. Whereas I also work here, but I'm part of the hierarchy. Right. right now, yeah. So. Yeah, so, that's interesting. But that, yeah, and I don't know. It that one was. I mean, it's still hard for me today. Luckily, I've got great staff now who will actually ask me and tell me. They say, Steve, you shouldn't be doing that. We should be doing that. Now, give it to us. Yeah. Tell us how it needs to be done. Yeah, and good. Yeah. But good helpers. Yeah, there's so many years mm-hmm. where I would meet with people and do stuff throughout the week, and then Saturday and Sundays and late nights, I was in doing administrative work and doing stuff that I shouldn't have been doing. Yeah. But, but yeah, I, there's stuff I didn't, I just couldn't, yeah. for whatever reason, delegate at the time. So what's been the best then? Um, still the best is, I mean, there are times where I've been with people and I mean, I'm giving you the desperate, but there's been guys who have like, Steve, if I don't, if I don't make this number this month, I don't want to, I'll probably have to close my business down and my wife's probably fed up with me and, and ready to go. And then to sit down and show them with, with planning and strategy, then all of a sudden they make an extra hundred dollars and they are just elated, you know, um, <laughs> Two years down the road, they're making five thousand more a month than, yeah. than that. But but still, that first hundred, the first two hundred, or first where they're on this dive, and then they see the way out, they see the light, and you're helping teaching them. So that's not like just something you're doing for them, but they're seeing it, so that yeah. they can repeat it. You know, yeah. Um, I got it. That's the most rewarding, and that's cool. There's so many times, yeah, you where you get tears in your eyes because they made an extra hundred dollars. Yeah. You know, I mean, you got another guy in the room who just made an extra hundred thousand. But, right. But this hundred dollars meant Maybe so more. much. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. That's probably the very best to me. And I yeah, I love that. Yeah, I'll bet that's pretty rewarding. Well, um, I really appreciate you sharing your startup story yeah. with everybody. That's pretty cool. I've I've known uh, a lot of that, but actually right. heard some new stuff today too. Did you? So yeah. yeah, it's pretty cool to I didn't know you, uh, I didn't realize that you'd started off like at the very bottom in a grocery store and moved yeah. your way out. I knew you'd started really young at Associated yeah. Foods, but I didn't realize the background. So that's yeah. pretty cool. But that's a great story. So um, thanks for um, sharing that with everybody. Um, so next, we're going to talk marketing because that is your expertise. And that's the yeah. original reason I wanted to have you come out sure. and be on the podcast because um, I'm uh, working on developing. You know, I, I wrote a little booklet a few years ago yeah. and I just started saying, okay, I want to teach my clients how to be better marketers, even if it's not with me, like yeah. even if it's just 
get better results because a lot of times, like you were talking about, if it didn't go well, they blame you. Right. And, you know, they uh, people would advertise in my magazine and wouldn't get results, and they'd be like, your magazine's terrible. Yeah. And at first, I honestly felt a little bit like they were right. Like, I felt like the my son in his uh, interview, he talked about imposter syndrome, being a 20-year-old kid, yeah. you know, having a, a business. And I felt that imposter syndrome because I'm like, man, we work super hard making these magazines, but maybe nobody reads them, so maybe they're right. And right. what I started to realize was, then I talked to the next person, and they'd be like, "You're my best source. You're the best source I have of all the advertising I do. Yeah. Your magazines produce the best." And I was like, "Wait, there's a disconnect here somewhere. Something's happening." And so I started working on developing how to help them make better ads for our magazine. Yeah. And then the next natural step was the, from there was realizing that the best advertisers do multiple things. They're not just doing a magazine or they're right. not just doing social media. They had a plan. And so um, so anyway, that's kind of the whole point of this part of the podcast is to say, yeah. okay, bring in some experts that have other expertise um, because the whole point of this is not just to help sell ads in my magazine or anything. I just I want to help people with real local businesses do better at marketing. Yeah. Because I go online and I look up marketing. I don't know if you've done this. You go on YouTube and you're like, best ways to market. Or you go on Google and do that. And it seems like it's just overwhelmingly internet-based businesses Mm -hmm. that are, you know, that's the kind of idea behind all the marketing knowledge that's out there. I know that that's not true, but it drives me a little crazy because I'm like, if you're, you know, a local, you know, uh, Rockwood Optometry right here in North Ogden, None of that stuff applies to them. Right. Very or very I should say very little. Some of it might be conceptually something that they could do. Right. But for the real local, real businesses, mom and pop places that are like you and me, we live and work in our community, you yeah. know, and I, I really want to help them be better marketers. And more often than not, those people are overwhelmed with marketing. Yeah. They're scared to do things wrong, yeah. all of that stuff. So um so let's start here. Think about uh, outside of you, all of the you know famous marketing campaigns that have ever happened. Uh, I've heard you teach on this before, but like what's what are one or two of your favorite all-time marketing campaigns that you've ever witnessed that you you know that stick in your mind today that you're like that was powerful marketing. Um so one of the things I I always look at, and no matter what the marketing is, we all forget it. In fact, I had a, a client this morning that called me and said, hey, I just ran this direct mail flyer, and Steve, I, I, I didn't get any calls on it. Do you think if I add that we have a guarantee that that'll change, I'll get some calls? You know, and, and it, it hurts my heart to, to say, okay, n- no. <laughs> um, I don't think that's a difference. And I think the difference is, is understanding your client and and make an emotional connection and I always talk about like if we were all to walk outside right now and see a little table of some girls selling cookies or a vending machine selling cookies where would you buy your cookies everybody said the little girls now well what if they're cheaper in the machine now nah, still the little girls well what if you know they were more nutritious in the machine now nah, still the little girls but what if the ones in the machine spent more on marketing who cares right yeah <laughs> we made our decision so it's an emotional decision around there so so many times people could if they make an emotional, you know, uh, resonation with their customer, they early, a lot of these little things that they think are making the difference between one or another, they're 
they're neither here nor there. They don't matter. Right? Yeah. It's yeah. making that emotional connection to so that you understand the need, you understand what they're going through, you understand the pain point behind it, and then you've got a solution. You right. Know? And so, so as I think about that, honestly, one of the things that I think has worked the best uh, that we've actually adopted, I, I, and I, I, there's probably a lot of other campaigns out there, but I'm just saying one that I was personally involved with was we we wanted to increase sales of some grocery stores. And these grocery stores had had a change of ownership uh, twice in two years. And so we had a morale problem. Um, we had people wondering who or what they were gonna work for, yeah. know, going forward, as well as customers not, you know. And so right. as we tried to pull this together and show that we had a had a great thing going, one of the things that we did is we decided to build up to this auction where only the loyal people or the loyal people would get extra re rewards. So yeah. we basically had a thing where we changed the receipt paper that we had and every purchase would come out and be printed out on this light blue receipt paper, right? Yeah. And But what we did is we said, okay, here's this, whatever you spend in groceries can be used for this auction to buy stuff before Christmas. So we started like mid-September and so every week people are buying groceries, right? And they're they're keeping their blue receipts yeah. that they've got. But we also got this stack up by the, from the store that's continually growing, uh, like a bicycle, a surfboard, you know, a yeah. you know a TV, uh, and and it's building. And what's neat about this is surrounding businesses would see it and say, "Hey, can I contribute a uh, you know a gift basket for, yeah. for my business?" Sure, contribute it. You know, <laughs> the Coca Cola awesome. guys say, "Hey, I've got a skateboard. Can I contribute?" You bet. And we would build up this thing, but the neat thing was to see even our our um, employees get so hooked up in there because we told the employees, "Hey, why don't you give your receipts to your parents and let them come? You know, yeah, go ahead and be a part of this." Yeah. And then we, as we got closer to the Saturday before Christmas, I'd gone out and I had some friends that were uh, cattle auctioneers, and oh, so yeah. we brought them in. And so we ended up doing between three stores. That's and we awesome. had a different cattle auctioneer at each one in big piles. And then they would auction these off and people would buy them with their blue sheets. So we, we said, okay, we're doing it this Saturday because we did it at 7 a.m. But at 7 a.m. we had thousands of people in every one of those stores. Wow. And these are existing loyal customers who have spent money over that time, right? right? So they get the bonus, right? It's not just them a new thing. But they're buying these, you know, these things with their receipts. And it was so neat because we had enough things that people were like, you know, a toaster would come up and people were like, $3,000, you know? <laughs> and they'd win it and they're like, yeah, you know, for, for a toaster. But we just made it so fun and made it part of there that people people actually became more loyal. Yeah. Our, our Not only did our volume increase during that time, and you're like, how did it increase? Because you didn't offer anything to buy more. Right. But just getting that receipt, the volume increased during there. But then even after we went to New Year, it kept going yeah. up, you know? And, and more loyal people, you know, uh, felt like, you know, they would talk with our cashiers and baggage. Remember when I came to the thing and, you know, and, you know, I almost won the computer, but I didn't. So <laughs> I got the toaster or whatever, you know. Yeah. And, and it awesome. was just the relationships between there increased. And so when I look at it as a one-time promotion, you know, sometimes we look at one-time promotions and how much did he increase there. But I look at this as even over months and months and years, honestly, that took took an attitude in a, of a company that was going like this switched it in the other direction and made the difference. That's awesome. And so that one, I mean, even though it's not as big as something Coke did or somebody else, 
that started. Now I've actually used that same promotion. We've we've even a car repair shop uses some similar to that. Really, you that's know, awesome. And gets people in and yeah, you know, and and uh, the car repair shop when we first put it to them, the owner said, "Yeah, I don't see how that can work because all you are is giving." more stuff of that to people that are already your customer. Right. How's that going to help? But so we did his October, November, December up to it that first year. And I had to keep telling him, trust me, just trust yeah. me on this. Well, he had his best October, November, December he's ever had. Yeah. And then started the year at a new high. Right? That's awesome. And so those are the kind of things that people forget about. They look at one word or one thing to try to draw people in. And sometimes it's price point or, you know, some right. thousand dollars off this or whatever. But to me, it, this was so much stronger because it made this emotional relationship. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's it's interesting. You, you um, are hitting on a lesson that I teach. It's branding. Mm-hmm. Because your brand is associated with emotions. You bet. Either it's a negative or positive emotion. But the more you can generate that positive emotion, the better yeah. you're going to perform, you know. And so, um, but that branding is established. Does It's not always overnight. Like right. those campaigns you've talked about are great because they're fairly short term in right. the advertising world, three to four months, you know, yeah. but a lot of times it takes years to develop a, a, a relationship with people where they know who you are. They like you, they like your business, they like yeah. what you represent. So I, I have another story that you're, I'm going to have you tell because it's one of my favorites from you, but it's their mattress store yeah. um, story. Why don't you tell that one? Yeah, so that was I had a guy who had owned multiple mattress stores in a couple of different states, but he'd called me up and said, "Hey, I, I want your help." He'd heard about me from some some friends or whatever, but he says I've got one store that, and it happened to be very close to where my office was, and that was just luck. But he says this one store I've had it open for four years, and I can't get it to do above thirty thousand a month. Most of my other stores are fifty thousand, sixty thousand, seventy thousand, whatever. But this particular store, I, I can't I can't get the needle to move. I can't. And he said, uh, can you come take a look at it? Can you come talk to me and see what you think? I said, sure, let me come take a look. So usually when I work with a new business, I always go in and I try to observe first. So I try to see where they're at, where where they're positioned, where they fit. you know. And so that's basically what I did is went in and, and tried to learn. And uh, I didn't know this before, but a mattress store that size usually has three employees total. <laughs> One yeah. of them's full time. Yeah. And then the others fill in. Being an owner, it wasn't him. He had other stores. In fact, he lived in another. He lived up in Idaho. Would come down and visit this store regularly, but he wasn't running it himself. Yeah. He wasn't involved in the community here or anything like that. He lived up there. Yeah. Um. So I saw that the people that were running it for him, he'd had some turnover, and they weren't involved with anything in the community at all. Right. And so there was nothing that was building there. So I told him, I said, I can tell you your problem right now is you are not anchored in this community. Um, your location is is great. You're right next to the. You're on the. You're attached to the strip mall that's part of Target, right? You got lots of traffic going by here. Yeah. But still, people are blinded. They don't see it because you're right. not anchored, right? And so with him, I said, he said, well, great. Let's. What can we do? And I said, well, I think we need to do a big event to get us marked there. But I really would like to do it guerrilla style, where we try to do it as inexpensive as possible. And he said, no, great. I I can give you five thousand dollars for it. And I'm like, no, no. I, I appreciate that, but I want to do it for a lot less and show you it can be done for less. Because if you have 18 different mattress stores in different states and you spend five grand a piece, that's too much. You're, you're wasting money. Right. <laughs> and, um, and 
a lot of times you don't hear marketers tell you that. (laughs) But the way I work, we do, I tell you. And he said, okay, $1,000. No, we're going to do it for $200. Now, I'm not telling you that you should do all your events for $200 because that's cheap. But I I wanted to show him a very cheap way to do it so that he would spend less and be more targeted, be more strategic now he does it. So I said, but it'll take $200 and it'll take um, one of your company shirts my size because I've... I've got to be one of your employees for a little yeah. while. <laughs> he, okay, all right. So then I said, now, where we're going to have an event, and what we're going, our goal is to have people see or feel this event so that they remember you're here. We want top-of-mind awareness. So first thing we're going to do is you and I are going to visit all these neighboring businesses around here, and we're going to tell them about our event, and we're going to invite them to be a part of it. And so that's what we did. We went, I mean, everything from yogurt store to, to um, a tanning store to yeah. whatever you know we hit them all and said we're gonna have the event in the, the parking lot and you know we we had the attitude that this was gonna be a big event already before we knew yeah so we would say we don't want to be the only ones to benefit from this we would love for you to benefit so please the day we're having that it's in the summer pull out tables put brochures give samples do whatever we want you to get more customers from this we just want to invite you to be part of the event we didn't ask for money we didn't ask for anything from them. we yeah. just said come be a part of it and as you can see, the the greatest thing about that is when they feel like they're a part of it, then they help promote it, right? They're telling yeah. their customers, they're telling the people about it without us asking them to because they're yeah. it's part of their event. Um, then the next thing we did is we went and met with the media, and he questioned me on this. He said, so you said $200 budget, so we're going to meet with the media? We can't afford anything. I said, yeah, but we're, we're, we're just going to tell them what they're going to be missing. Yeah. And so... <laughs> So we went up there, and I'd had this plan in place about exactly what was going to go on, and I went over the plan with each of them and told them how big it was. And then I would, you know, a lot of, like, the radio stations would say, you guys should have a radio remote here, you know, and come, and we could broadcast on that. And we're like, oh, yeah, we should. You know what? Our budget's already spent. We've already got our budget planned. But I tell you what, if yours cancels, please come be a part of it because you, you, you know how great this is going to be. You know how big. <laughs> you know, a lot of people would tell me, like, oh, Steve, that would never work. So I just said, okay. You know, yeah. so we told them, and then I brought up the fact that, that Utah in this area is obviously very family-oriented. So any use of kids would would, would help, right? Anytime we have kids involved, yeah. the parents come. And so here's what we ended up doing is we started that morning with a flag raising where we had the ROTC from one of the high schools come over. We had some people from Hill Air Force Base come, and we did a flag raising ceremony, and then we did a national anthem by... The, I think they call them the madrigals or whatever that we're saying. Yeah. And so all that was right there in the parking lot where everybody could see, right? Tons of people going by, people going into Target, whatever. People driving by, sees this event with all these people out there. All these kids, teenagers, uh, high school kids are involved. Their families came to support yeah. to see what's going on, right? So all of a sudden we got all these people in the parking lot. And we're shaking hands, kissing babies. We're meeting people. We're talking, right? Yeah. Um, and... Then we waited a little bit, and, and I didn't tell the first part, is what we'd done is that morning we'd gone out and we'd taken mattresses out to put by the street where everybody could see them. And we didn't want to be just playing. Like sometimes people put a stack of mattresses out. So we took the time to build them into like little houses and forts, these mattresses, right? Yeah. And it had a big banner that went across the front that said, Going Bananas uh, Mattress Crazy Day Sale. And one of the other stores happened to have a gorilla costume that they'd shipped down. So we had somebody in the gorilla costume waving at traffic. <laughs> so if you're driving by, you see 
all of a sudden these houses made out of mattresses, right? Yeah. Big banner, that, and then whatever else is going on, like the flag ceremony. Um, about that time, all of a sudden the biggest radio group, the Be the Bold Bear here locally, um, whatever they'd had, it canceled on them. And they'd already had people in place to come and do the, their event, so they sent them to ours. Nice. So they show up at our event, and they broadcast from our event. You know, again, this would have been $2,500 per station, usually at minimum, depending on what was with it, yeah. to come. But because we planned the seed, when they had their cat, they showed up. They showed up. And we were lucky, whatever canceled, you know. And um, but, but anyway, they showed up. So now they're drawing people in. They're telling people to come to this event. Then we had um, um, the uh, drill team from another high school. There's three high schools that kind of surround this location. We had, and we wanted to involve them th- all three. So we had the drill team from this other high school come, and we did a hula hoop contest in the in the parking lot. And so <laughs> we had like 65 hula hoops, you know, people doing. So if you can imagine, if you're pulling into Target or whatever, you're driving by and you see 65 people out hula hooping, you know, that's going to catch your attention. Yeah. That's going to okay. What's the big event going on? What's what's happening there? That's awesome. Um, then um, a little bit later, we had um, it was um, the band members of of one of these other school came and kind of played this little bit of music, but then they, we had uh, a banana eating contest against the guy in the gorilla suit. And we kept making the guy in the gorilla suit go each time, right? Yeah. They didn't know we were slipping him out and let somebody else put the suit on and come back. <laughs> so he looked like he just had a contest here, and then he's up for the contest again, you know, bananas. with everybody. But So just had some fun with that and, again, drawing people in. And then about 4 o'clock in the afternoon, we had the football team from the third high school come and helped us take 65 mattresses out to the parking lot. And they're all wrapped in plastic, and we had people volunteer to hold each one, but we set them up like dominoes, and we did human dominoes. You know? That's awesome. And so that was the one that, when I told the TV stations we were going to have this, that they really latched onto. So about that time of day, we had three of the four local TV stations show up to cover it and to talk about this human dominoes with mattress, yeah. right? So we have people out there. We had even the local newspaper show up and take video for their website as well as... Um, and so the neat thing was is saw that spread and again we did keep under our budget I mean most of that 200 bucks was bananas for the banana contest and we had a little bit left over that we made a few flyers we didn't make enough to send them anywhere we just had some to hand out here and there yeah. and that was that was it but here's the results here was the cool thing is they instantly that month cleared $60,000 yeah. um, in the next month 60000 next month 65000 next month 70000 Dollars and it just kept growing. Now this is off of one event, and people kept asking me why. You know, it's not like we're doing big promotions to keep that up, but all of a sudden, if you think about it, you don't. Most of us don't buy a mattress every month, right. or anywhere close to that. But when we want to buy a mattress, do we think of where one's at? And my office being fairly close to that, I had to tell him. I says, "Look, I drive by probably every day. I had no idea you were here until you called me." Yeah. Even though it's right there, part of the I didn't. I didn't see it in right sandwiched in there yeah it happens and so with them it was so cool and you know he he talked to me and would say you know as we got close to thanksgiving he, he brought up one thing that would just crack me up is he said steve i used to have a hard time getting junk mail in this store but i've already got 14 happy thanksgiving day cards he said who even sends thanksgiving cards he said i've heard a christmas card <laughs> from the community from people in the community That's and then awesome. he showed me his phone and he said and look at this text i got and he had a utah phone number even though he lived in the other state but the text said, hey, remember the event we had in, in your parking? And the customer saying the event we had. She says, well, <laughs> I've got two grandkids coming. 
they need bed screen, beds and springs and mattresses. Here's my credit card number. Don't go cheap on me. And let me know when I can come pick him up. He says, I'm getting one or two of these type of things a week now. That's awesome. Where before he didn't. And so it kept going. In fact, his business kept increasing and staying. And it, it never went below 60000 again. And he stayed there for another couple of years till the landlord raised the rent and they had to move to another location. But anyway, the idea was anchoring in people's minds so they're top of mind awareness. Yeah. And we were very lucky that the, the media station showed up because that was a gamble. But... Like any gamble, if you put everything in place to make that possibly happen, if things right. it worked, right? We 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 presented, we got people excited, they knew about it, yeah. So that when whatever happened where they had their event that had been paid for canceled, yeah, they still had people play and were happy to come support. So I love that story, and it. I mean, I actually quoted in my little book, you know, because yeah. just that's one of my favorites that yeah. you've always told. So yeah. that's a good one. Well, um, let's say you were a brand new business owner opening up a local shop of some sort or business, yeah. um, and and or or I was, and I'm coming to you and I'm like, okay, Steve, I need to, I need to get the word out. Um, I have a limited budget. G- give me like startup advice for a local real business. Like, what where would you start? What would be the key things you would recommend um, starting with? And then, you know, I think, uh, you know. I heard the stat from the SBA, 78% of your overall revenue should be spent in marketing. And then I heard uh, another trainer talking about it, and he's like, yeah, that's that's great, but I've never seen a company grow on that kind of a, a marketing budget. They need to spend 10 to 15% to grow. And he goes, and if they want to really hyper-grow, then it's 20%. And we just analyzed our numbers um, with my RoofMax business with Kobe, and we spent 20% brand new idea, new concept in an area, and that was very intentional on my part to say, okay, we've got to spend to make this work and to get the goal. Now, my goal this year is to spend that same amount of money but get double the results results, because we've established that relationship with the community. And marketing does help establish a relationship if you do it right, if you use good things. But assuming someone's new, They've got to say, you know, you got to start somewhere. Yeah. What are the, you know, several things you would say, okay, start here, do this first, then move to this. What what does that yeah. look like for you? So for me, uh, it always has got to come down to, so I always think strategy first because I always hear people that jump into a new business and, you know, throw everything like spaghetti against the wall. And to yeah. me, that's a waste of money and a waste of spaghetti. And that hurts. <laughs> I've got some Italian heritage and that hurts. Okay. Um, so, but, so what I think is you've got to think strategy at first because you're going to have limited funds and limited time. Yeah. So that's got to be spent and used in the best possible. So to me, I always come back and say, okay, first of all, who are, who do you want to be and what, where are you going to position yourself, you know? And so knowing that you have to understand what competitors are positioned in there. Cause if, if you have somebody, I worked with a grocery store one time who came to me and said, Steve, we want to be known for, for bakery. We want to be the baker of this area. We want to, you know, when everybody thinks about bakery, you want to know it for us. And I'd love to say, Hey, you know, like your mom told you, you can be anything you want, but I had to say, you can't. He said, what do you mean? I can't, I can do anything. I said, well, what I'm telling you is right now, You've been in this market for 30 years. You have the worst reputation for bakery. You have a history for bakery <laughs> being terrible. Yeah. The number one in this state, number one person who has the best rep in the state, is a mile away from yours. Right. And so you are opposites. And right now, you don't have enough time or money to overcome that, and they would have to slip. So what you've got to do is you've got to pick a position that isn't already owned by somebody. Right. Um, and now people can 
can provide something. I'm saying owned in people's minds. There's a lot of positions that aren't owned, right? Even right. in business. So what you got to do is, okay, what position can we own? Could you be the produce? You know, could you say, hey, we're going to have somebody at the docks in, in California, right? So we make sure whatever our produce is, it's the freshest and best produce. Maybe that's something you could do, or meat, or whatever. Right. But bakery happened, you, you, you're too close you to the number one. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> you can't. I'm sorry. And, and you know, and that shook him up a little bit, you know, because he wanted me to be a yes man, just say, oh, yeah, we could do it. But I'm, I'm, it would cost him too much. He needs to find something else to get in there. So a new business has to say, okay, where can I position and usually that position is, first of all, you have to understand your competitors, but then you also got to come back and say, what are my personal strengths? What can yeah. we do, right? Right. Do, do I have a certain skill in an area, or do I have some, some advantage that I can stand out? Is there something I can yeah. do there to make that, that work? Then once you've decided that, then you've got to decide really where your best money can come from. Now, people always get really scared when I say this, but... To me, the tighter your target, the better of where you're going to spend that. Mm -hmm. And they'll say, but Steve, you know, we're just starting out. We're going to take money from anybody. And I say, yes, you are. I'm not telling you where you're going to take your money. I'm going to tell you where you're going to spend your money. Yeah. Because we will take money from anybody, right? We'll right. take it from anybody who wants to buy our service. And my, But really, if you spend money like that, you're going to kill yourself early. Right. You've got to come and say, not only who is going to enjoy, I mean, have, have the money to spend and work with me. But it's best in, in today's marketing world to have those people also be people that will talk about it. <laughs> yeah. So so who's going to share? Who's going to say they had a good experience? Who might even do a selfie or share and say and brag about you? And, you know, I, I've told that story about that one coffee shop I worked with where we had to say, okay, we're going to focus on women here, these two different kinds of women and not men. And at first they're like, but men come in here too. It's yeah, but... Do the men call their buddies and say, hey, look at this latte I just got, you know? Or, and, and do they invite their friends? Hey, no, let's go. They, they don't, don't, right? So you're still going to take their money. You're still going to give them the 100% best service. But where we're going to spend our money is those that will help us spread the word. Right. And so so usually I have to figure out those things first. And then um, I have, um, I've, I've heard the same budgeting things you have. I have a real hard time with the percentages because I have seen different industries are all over sure. the place, you know? And yeah. so, so I hate, but I, I like the idea of, of having a base number, like what you're saying, and then you can adjust it to your in, in like, right. like a grocery store, if they spent more than 2% on marketing, they would be frivolous. Gotcha. But most of those stores that I'm talking about do maybe a million dollars a week, right? right. So 2% of that That's is a lot, a of, lot money. of money, right? right? And, but, but again, I, I like the idea of coming back and saying, okay, what is a percentage and what, where should I spend that? Yeah. And usually, too many people try to, to so anybody that I start with new, I always try to say, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to take these first few days and we're really going to figure out who we are and where we're going to go. Then the next step is is we need to get the momentum. Yeah. And so whether it's 60 days or 90 days, we're going to look at any type of free thing we can put out there, but also we're going to handpick and do, okay, we're going to hit our marketing pretty hard here. And what i found is too many times people will start out and do, okay, I can only afford this. Okay, we'll do it. And then we're going to do nothing for a while. This and nothing. Right. And it's like that movie, 50 First Dates, where people forget every day. You know, they don't right. forget. I mean, it goes away. Whereas I found if you can take even 60 or 90 days and hit it hard momentum, from that point on, your money is, you, you can actually spend less. Because right. you're reminding people, not educating, right, at that right. point. Because you've already done a lot of that. And so you can spend less money long term, but it's getting that momentum. You know, I always yeah. look at that, the space shuttle, you know, it, it, it took 
60 or 75 to 80 percent of its fuel is used to get out of the atmosphere. Yeah. And then the rest to do everything, right? Right. So it's that same thing. How do I get above the noise? How do I get? Yeah. And what do I do to get there? And then once I'm there, my actual expenditures can actually go down. Right. And still keep in orbit. <laughs> or even if they stay the same, but your sales are growing still. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that, 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 either one of those. Yeah. Is, is so that's kind of how I look at with it positioning anybody. And then that differentiation factor, is it something that solves, I mean, so many times people will say, well, you know, here's what I do. And this is really, you yeah. know, I'm really funny at this, or I do this. That's nice. You'll get some thought, but really what you, you're, you're resonating the emotional part has to be something that lifts them. Right. Even though we don't all want to admit it, it's kind of all about the individual. It's all about right. us, right? Right. As a customer or whatever. So if what you're doing, it might be funny and humorous to look at here or there or whatever, but does it really lift me in any way or help me in any way? And if it does, then it's a great thing, yeah. right? But if it doesn't, it's just going to be a fly-by-night right. fad. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I, um, I haven't showed you this yet, but th- this year I've been working on this a lot, but the uh, Dan Kennedy always taught the unique selling yeah, USB. Yeah, sure. You bet. And I talk to businesses and I'm like, so what's your USP or what's your unique sell? What's unique about you? Well, we, we are really good at cleaning out drains. Yeah. And I'm like, so is every other plumber. Right. That's not unique. So your differentiation is basically this, Yeah. you know, what is it that you are specifically unique and particularly skilled at? What yeah. is the thing that you do? That's, that's amazing. And then build upon that and that's where your reputation comes in and when you can you know when you can do a good job we have a mutual friend uh, christy pack sure and she's done an excellent job of that Great. in my community yeah in north ogden she's yeah you know pack tax we yeah. can save you half the money you spend at hnr block right so she knew exactly what she was hometown personal mm-hmm. and then she goes after that clientele and she's yeah. really done a good job of it yeah. and continue to yeah. echo that that uh <laughs> you know, mantra over yeah. and over and over again. And yeah. she used great colors and she used great logo and she right. got, you know, she just nailed so many things. And, um, but that's one example that I've seen of a business cause it started after I came to town, you know, yeah. she was already, I mean, she wasn't here. I was already right. here. So, um, and she's done an excellent job with that. So anyway, that's really key. So yeah. this is a, we made this to help our clients kind of hone in on what their unique, um, particular angle is going to be yeah and uh, i always that say to me it's one of the very most important things they beginning know. yeah yeah <laughs> you should start not, there you, you try to be everybody else right you try right. to hey i'll be part in part then part of it and that doesn't work i know especially when you don't have the money that they have right exactly. right they can spend money because they have it yeah when you're new a lot of times you're just trying to figure it out so you've yeah. got to come up with what's unique yeah so instead of just being we're a plumber we clear drains yeah. Or like no crap, you know. Right. Hopefully no crap after right. you're done. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, you're the plumber that wears booties and wears overalls so that there's yeah. no plumber's crack, you know. Right. Yeah. That's something you can build up on. We're clean, we're yeah. respectful, and you know, we get the job done. So anyway, I think I think that's that's good. Yeah, that's awesome. So I love that form. That's really cool. Yeah. You're welcome to oh, yeah, I I'll would, get I'd it like to you to and you can use it. And... Use that too. Because I that's one of the first I mean we don't word it exactly the same as you, but that sure. is one of the very major things that we we try to figure out. And yeah. there's so many people that don't know, and that's okay if you don't know, but then you start saying, Oh, what could it be? Right? Right. What what is is there any positions owned already in the market? Okay, let's put those out. Now 
start listing your skill level, just like you said. What, yeah. where's, where do I have an advantage? Maybe here or there or whatever. I think I took it off because I was running out of space. But I actually, at the end, I used to have, now go talk to somebody about this because I love that you told that grocery store, you can't be the best bakery. It already yeah. exists. He's right there and you right. can't be him. So be something else. Yeah. And, and know, he was mad. I'm sure, yeah. But, but, <laughs> but I knew hear that, that my, my job was telling the truth, right? Yeah. And, <laughs> that's so. awesome. Well, that's cool. So what, uh, any last, like, little piece of advice or, or uh, thoughts for, I mean, I, you're a well-known person. Maybe talk a little bit also about what you've done to be well-known in the community, Um you have these pointy shoes you're famous for, you know, yeah. which I'm going to take a picture before you leave. We'll put them on the video. Yeah. And then, uh, but I just think, you know, you've done some things just personally yeah. that I think a lot of businesses should think about because that's what you've done to establish yourself in the community. Yeah. I, I don't know. It, it, the main thing I just think is, is lifting others. Everything's about attitude. And as soon as you get too closed up and competitive, um, with even your own competitors, people feel that, and they they don't want to hang out with that. They they feel the negativity that could be there. Yeah. One of the coolest things I ever saw I was I was speaking at uh, a, a chamber group, and I invited a a guy that owned a business who'd never been to it before, and then right before I realized that one of the regular guys that comes there owns a competing business to him, and uh, I thought, oh, I hope I don't step on his toes by inviting one of his competitors yeah. almost in, but it wasn't one of those things where no competitors or anything, but I still felt a little obligated about it um, and, and concerned. Um, and I was taught a great lesson that day is, as they went around and did their first little elevator pitches, the, the guy that had been a regular there was one of the first ones to go. And he said, he stood up and he said, I am so glad to see another, it happened to be a car repair shop, another car repair shop here today you and I don't know each other, but you know, in our industry, there's a lot of people out there that give our industry a bad name. You are an honest, hardworking uh, company, That's and awesome. I'm so glad. I can't wait to meet you, <laughs> and it's it's great to be there, to be have you be here and be part of this group. Yeah. That's how he treated this competitor that came into the group, where a lot of people would like try to, okay, what's he going to say? I'm going to try to edge him out. Yeah. But I do know, so at that point, I didn't know this, this other guy that well. But in my heart, I said, I'm going to work with that guy. Yeah. I like him. Now, my friend felt honored, too. Yeah. But as I looked around the room, I saw so many other people say, oh, yeah, I want to work with that guy. He didn't say anything about his own business or anything, but by lifting others, he drew all of us to him, right? All of us wanted to work with him and help him and do it because of the... And so to me, your attitude, and and it's real easy to get, you know, you're battling for dollars. It's real easy to see somebody and want to kind of take a stab or do that and... If you can just avoid it, if you can just be the good attitude guy, you'll draw more people to you yeah. than than being the one that's throwing somebody else on the bus or, you know, talking about how bad your competitor does this. Yeah. Yeah, because we, we all feel that negativity. negativity. Yeah. And you might be right about your competitor, but that doesn't mean you're going to get the business. It actually means right. you're probably degrading your own industry. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Well, you're definitely an example of that just in your networking because I've I've seen it so many countless times. You build others up and you, yeah. you know, including me, even knuckleheads, you know, you build yeah. them up too. <laughs> but, but I do, I will, I will say one of the most important things I learned early is that can't be fake, right? Right. You can't, you can't 
say, hey, just because he's in my networking group, I'm going to shout him out. Right. You have to have some experience with him because everybody can feel that. And if you do that, then most things you say will be considered fake. Right. So with me, I I don't know, I have to, I'm a highly emotional guy, so I have to feel that so that right. when I speak, people can feel it in what I'm saying. Right. And so even in my networking group, I do take the time before I shout anybody out, I usually have met with them, I've seen their work, I've seen what they've done. And then if I really still feel good about it, then you bet, I'd love to yeah. shout out. But now, if I find out crap about them or bad things, I'm different. I still don't feel like I need to shout that out. Some people say, no, you should shout out both sides. No, karma will take care of them right. if they're doing it bad. Right. I don't want to dwell in negativity. Yeah. I, I just won't say anything. You know? right. But I will pick somebody who I see hard work, working or whatever and, and love to shout them out and see what they yeah. do if they've seen it. Yeah. Well, um, once again, I, I I told you when I texted you, I was like, I'm doing the happy dance because <laughs> I just love your wealth of experience and the stories that you tell and just how fun it is to hear um, someone who has a strange brain like me because <laughs> we come up with unique things, yeah. you know, and it, um, I, I love when I see something that I know you, yeah. your hand is in because I'm like, you just think about things uniquely and differently than what most people do. So, but I honestly, I feel the same way about you. In fact, that that's why I was excited about this is I tell the story about how you picked this market where some people would have thought the type of business you're going into was almost a dying industry, a dying thing where I saw different things across the country where I thought that's a brilliant idea because I see that growing. I see that being more needed than ever before. Yeah. And, but there's a lot of people that couldn't see that. And so when I saw you with that vision and then see you, you know, go through all the hard stuff of getting that past that and get it going yeah. and get it growing. And still, I mean, I've just been so impressed with, with what you've done. And I do have a few of my clients that, that do say the best return on my investment is your magazine because well, awesome. it's part of the community. It's part of people believe it. It's, it's believable. It's, it's, you know, it resonates. It's that. So I, I'm, I'm honored to be here. I, I really appreciate the invite. Well, I appreciate it as well, and um, it's been good. Hopefully our cameras didn't die or something in the middle yeah. of this. So <laughs> it feels a little weird, hoping <laughs> they're just running over there. <laughs> but we got the audio for sure. I know that's been going this whole time. So. Great. But thanks again for uh, coming. and Thank you. Yeah, that was awesome.